Hello and welcome to Physician Spotlight. I am your host, Dr. Vikram Christian. Physician Spotlight is a forum for Aspen members to learn more about our leaders in the field of nutrition. We are very grateful to Aspen and our viewers for making this possible. On today's episode, I have Dr. Praveen Gore, who is the Director of the Nutrition and Feeding Programs at Nationwide Children's Hospital and is Clinical Professor of Pediatrics at The Ohio State University. Thank you for joining us, Praveen. Thank you. So it is truly an honor to interview somebody who has had such a huge impact in my own career. Um, so thank you for making the time for this. Yeah, I'm happy to do this. So Praveen, I was wondering if you could start off by telling us uh, and the audience a little bit more about yourself. Um, well, work life and personal life, right? So work life, I, I went to medical school uh, in India. I then did my pediatric residency at the University of Connecticut at the Connecticut Children's Medical Center. Then I did my PEDS GI fellowship at the at Cincinnati Children's Hospital. I spent some time in the lab. I went back to India for a few years and then I went to Milwaukee where uh, Vikram was one of my fellows. I spent uh, 18 years at uh, the Children's Hospital in Wisconsin and have recently moved to Nationwide. During my time in Milwaukee, where I have done most of my work, I served as both the Director of Clinical Nutrition as well as the Director of the Feeding Program for the last almost uh, 10 years that I was there. You mentioned personally and professionally. Can you tell us oh, about that? Yes. Well, um, um, my wife is a gastroenterologist for adults, and we have two children. So uh, both my children are uh, adults. Uh, one is working in Boston. The other one is in college in Maine. Neither one wants uh, anything to do with medicine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for giving us that overview. Um, I, I was just wondering, at what point during your career do you feel like you made that decision that um, nutrition is going to be part of your career? So uh, sometimes things fall into your lap. I, I spent a lot of time in the lab not doing nutrition stuff when I was a GI fellow. And I was recruited to Milwaukee to come and run the nutrition program. My mentor and then chief uh, told me that I could run it, even though I didn't have any specific nutrition training at that point. So I basically... Um, self-trained and was helped by many dietitians who taught me much of the nutrition that I know. So interesting. Over your, you know, several, you know, decade-long career here, Dr. Gede, what would you say um, are your biggest accomplishments in the field of nutrition? Well, that's tough. So I chose to do whatever struck my fancy. Uh, I did not stick to one small little piece of nutrition. And this means I have papers on, on a variety of topics, starting from the NICU to the PICU to CF to short bowel syndrome to whatever. And that has been fun. Doing lots of different things has given me a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, the, other, the other thing that I'm proud of is that uh, I, I seem to have started pushing the envelope with regard to feeding disorders. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was the lead author of a group of uh, experts on feeding disorder. And we, we uh, 
have redefined feeding disorder for for uh, for uh, us to be able to take care of these kids better. So I think that's one of the proudest things in my life. That's excellent. I feel like um, I make that diagnosis sometimes in clinic and um, use that ICD code as well. And I think it's great to have that uh, framework that is outlined in your paper uh, with which to think about pediatric feeding disorders. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about, I guess, how that came to be and um, you know, how it was thought to be necessary or why it was thought to be necessary to define pediatric feeding disorders? So um, different subspecialties have looked at pediatric feeding disorder in their, with, with their own lens. And the, the group that has gone, done the most amount of work are the psychologists. Mm-hmm. And so they, there have been multiple definitions within the psychology realm. Um, and they came up with the diagnosis of ARFID. But ARFID is, is, should be used only when kids don't have any other medical problems, is the way I felt. And working in a feeding team where we had all the four disciplines, which is basically medicine, nutrition, psychology, and uh, feeding therapy, either speech language pathologists or occupational therapists, we felt like we had to give it something that all of these groups could could rally around and help the child in an interdisciplinary manner. And so that's how that came about. So a group was put together and uh, I guess I was chosen to lead the group. And it took a while to get us all to agree to certain things, but uh, uh, once uh, it came out, then it's been pretty good, I feel like. Yeah, I think, you know, as somebody who's, uh, you know, trained at the program at Milwaukee, I just want to, you know, put a quick plug. I think it's just a really good setup that they have there for feeding disorders and um, just a, you know, great, neat setup, which I feel like is quite rare. Yeah. Now, um, you mentioned about, you know, starting up the nutrition support team at Milwaukee when you first went there, and now, uh, you know, as head of nutrition at Nationwide Children's, um, I'm sure nutrition support, you know, obviously is a big part of what you do here as well. Um, some of our viewers might be, you know, young faculty or fellows um, working at facilities where maybe such a program does not exist. Um, can you give us maybe some tips or maybe just some lessons that you have learned in that process of setting up the team and running it successfully for so long? So uh, the one thing I was given was access to plenty of dietitians. So uh, my boss, Colin Rudolph, uh, hired a bunch of dietitians to Children's Wisconsin, and I worked with them. Um, both, a, I, they trained me and I trained them. Mm-hmm. So it worked really well. I think, I think if you want to do this, you have to be giving. Uh, you have to you have to be willing to listen to other people and also spend your own time training them. In the beginning, I set up a series of lectures to help uh, dietitians get trained and get the CNSC certification. So it was, at that point, it was CNSD, after which, uh, you know, they dropped the dietitian and all of us got the same certification. So it's called CNSC. Um, And that helped because that I thought increased the the quality of of the work that we were doing together. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other thing is to advocate for nutrition at the highest level. 
try and create a nutrition support committee that oversees nutrition in the hospital and work with everybody. So if some if a dietitian needs to give a talk somewhere, help him or him or her do it, uh, give the talk with them, you know, that kind of stuff. If anybody expresses an interest to do research, sometimes you have to be the one putting in the, the sweat to get it done. Because the reason sometimes research doesn't get done is because the IRB, writing the IRB is a pain in the neck. And so if you do that for them, then they, they might be able to do the rest of it. So think like that, collaborate. And I feel like that will be helpful to not just you, but them as well as, as well as the institution. And I talk about dietitians, but there are other places where the pharmacists are very strong. That was not the case in Milwaukee. And so if you find nutrition support pharmacists that want to work with you, you can do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And speaking about, I guess, collaboration, um, I, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about Aspen, obviously it's such a collaborative society, which is made up of, you know, so many different uh, disciplines. Uh, can you tell us, uh, I think, you know, how you got involved in Aspen? And first of all, I should say you introduced me to Aspen. So thank you for doing that. But how did you get involved in Aspen? And tell me more about your activity within Aspen over the years. Uh, I think, I think nutrition is again, a little bit sexy. And it wasn't when I, I first joined Aspen. Uh, and uh, I, I just stumbled into it and went to the first meeting, which was in Chicago. I can't remember when. Um, and uh, I started speaking to people. I realized that much of what was being done in the adult world was not being done in the pediatric world. E even now, not too many people worry about nutrition support outside of the PICU and the NICU and short bowel syndrome. So those are the things that that pediatricians or pediatric gastroenterologists think about. But I feel like my life has been about nutrition support wherever it exists, which has been more fun. And that gave me a niche that nobody else was tackling at that time. And it was also a very broad niche, so I could do whatever I wanted. Mm -hmm. And that's how I kind of got involved with Aspen. The, it's, I don't know if it's, if it's, uh, if I was just lucky or what, but um, I also joined my local chapter, which is Wispin, uh, which was Wispin. And uh, every year for the fall conference, we would get speakers from elsewhere to come. And one of the speakers we invited way back when was Jeanette Hasi, who was the uh, editor of Nutrition and Clinical Practice. And when we met up and we chatted, she said, would you come on as a contributing editor and do some stuff for us? So I was doing some, some small things when CP and then I, so I served on the editorial board for a long period of time. And so little things like that. So uh, unless you put yourself in the mix, people are not going to consider you. Uh, I don't know if it's fortune favors the brave or was it just dumb luck and or maybe a combination of the two. But put yourself out there and start uh, start talking to people. People always talk about about making contacts. Uh, I think those are important. And when people see that you really want to do some work, they remember you and they reach out to you. Excellent. That's excellent advice for somebody you know, like myself, I guess, you know, younger faculty um, in the field of nutrition. Um, I, 
you know, we you spoke a little bit about how um, you know things are done in the adult nutrition side, but not necessarily translate into you know pediatrics. Um, I feel like you've probably seen a lot of changes in pediatric nutrition over the years. What would you say are the biggest um, highlights? I think of um, developments in the field of nutrition, pediatric nutrition specifically, over the years. So the NICU has always been a big place when nutrition is really, really important, right? Or I think over the last 20 years, PICU nutrition has become really important. I think that's a big piece that has taken on. Uh, the other pieces that are important uh, or the things that I have seen are the role of diet in, in various GI conditions. So uh, for example, the exclusive ventral nutrition in Crohn's disease or the low FODMAP diet, stuff like that. So those, those are the big changes that I've seen. The one is in PQ nutrition, the other is in, other is in GI nutrition itself. The, the third big thing is uh, within short bowel syndrome, we would barely be able to keep these kids alive. And now that's not even a question. All of these kids live. And now we are talking about how to make their lives more perfect, if you will. Absolutely. So much of progress in the field of nutrition support, especially in the population. Um, now, if you don't mind, uh, is there anything that um, you would like to share with regards to, I guess, what you're working on right now or, you know, what questions you hope to answer in your current research? Uh, so I have two pieces in my life. One is feeding and the other is nutrition. And uh, since you know me fairly well, you know, I have uh, stuff going on all the time and uh, I am starting to create stuff again. Um, and I have little pieces that I'm trying to give to other people to, to make better. Uh, I want to look at the, the outcomes of the feeding program here in uh, nationwide. It is, it is run differently than the one in Milwaukee. So I want to kind of in my own head compare and contrast what works and what doesn't. And they seem to treat a different patient population than we used to. So that that is of interest to me. So the whole group here is working on that. Uh, here, our, our feeding therapists are, are, are a really strong bunch. And so I'm working with them on some dysphagia research that mm -hmm. I would like to uh, push. Um, and on another side um, project is looking at taste in kids who are picky eaters and kids who have autism. So I'm working with the food science folks here. So that's some of the things I'm doing. I've, I've of course got a few more things up my sleeve. I'm sure, and I can totally attest to how busy you are and just the number of things that you have going on. <laughs> Thank you for sharing I, that. I like, I like having my life that way. <laughs> okay. um, can you tell us a little bit about just how mentorship has played a role in your career? I know it's, uh, you know, like I said, you've been a huge mentor and somebody I definitely look up to, um, but tell me, I, I think, who are the people who have gone before you, people that you have looked up to? I think I think Colin Rudolph is uh, is the person who hired me to Milwaukee and entrusted me with uh, with a specific task, which I think I did fairly well. Um, so when people when people give you something, sometimes you go and ask them, I want to do this. Sometimes you're given something, you should take that and run with it mm -hmm. and they will support you. So that was a big, that was a big thing in my life. Uh, a variety of mentors, I don't want to forget anybody, but uh, um, uh, one of the NASPGAN 
presidents at OS asked me to set up a dietitian wing of NASPEGAN, which I did, and that is functioning really well. Another mentor is Anne Scheiman, who is a pediatric gastroenterologist who has helped me through all my education ventures within NASPEGAN. Within Aspen, there are so many people who've helped me in small and big ways. Um, Jeanette, whom I mentioned, who gave me a small role, which then took on a life of its own. I would like to remember Diane Teitelbaum, who was a president of Aspen when I was on the Aspen board. You cannot find a person like him almost ever, I feel like. These are just some names. There are also very many other people. Um, and I. I feel like I have paid it forward. I don't refuse to help anybody. I will give anybody who asks for my help, my help. So I, I ask that in the beginning you're a mentee, but eventually you become a mentor and you should take it as seriously as you did when you were a mentee. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Thank you so much. And um, thank you for also you know, mentioning some of those names and bringing them to our memory here. Um, any last final words of advice or wisdom to our young faculties or trainees trying to make it in the field of nutrition? So there are two ways to, to think about life. One, uh, your work life. One is to pick a topic and research it to the utmost. That is a surefire, a much more surefire way of attaining research success. Um, or you can be like me and just do whatever it is that strikes your fancy. You'll have a lot of fun, but you won't be the world's biggest researcher. But I can guarantee you that it will be a fulfilling career. Um, if you are not into research, you should pick something outside pure clinical care. It will, uh, it really helps create a good career. Do education, mentoring, advocacy, research, pick one of these things outside of clinical care. The reason for that is the, the, the pulls and the pushes of clinical care tend to be quite high. And if you don't have something else that helps you get, up, get out of bed in the morning, it can become very difficult over time. And, you know, when you're in your 30s, it's clinical care is exciting. I'm not saying it's not when you're older, but if you have one of these other things that really balances out your life and makes it more enriching. Excellent. Thank you so much for those words. Um, Dr. Gray Praveen, it's been an honor to interview you for Aspen Spotlight. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time for this conversation. Thank you. Thank you for doing this and take care. Yep, you do. Okay. Bye. Bye.